Hi everyone, it's Maria and welcome to the Breaking Up With Toxicity podcast. Thank you for being with me today. Each week I will connect with people as they share relatable life experiences. We will talk about and at times challenge reoccurring unhealthy and toxic patterns that keep you from the changes you want to see as you break these unhealthy cycles. So let's get started and see where the show will take us today. Be sure to listen and don't forget to follow so that you never miss an episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we'll be talking with Diane and Lena, and we're going to go back in time. We're going to reflect on what it was like growing up Albanian, the challenges, the struggles with having very traditional values and customs, and what were the challenges for you? Diane, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I think some of the some of the things when I when I kind of go back in time and think about, you know, not sure if struggle is too too harsh of a term, but I guess we could we could use struggle. But um, you know, thinking about relationships and and seeing how I was raised along with my family, of course, right? Um, re- relying on relationships with cousins and family, and not really expanding those relationships to outside anyone outside of family for, for a good deal of time. Um, and really, you know, being told, you know, you trust family, family's thicker, you know, blood is thicker than water Mm -hmm. and, um, and really seeing how that impacted the, the scope and, and the breadth of like the people that, that we interacted with. We had a friend group at school and we came home and we didn't see those friends, you know, until we went back to school. That's there right. wasn't, you know, hanging out after. There was none of that, um, which is really interesting, especially when you start comparing it to the upbringing of our children today. Oh, it's very different. Uh, let me ask you something. So you're one of five, correct? Yes. Did was it allowed with the with your, with your other siblings? Like which each sibling was more like of the culture broken or evolving or changing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely think, you know, my eldest, my eldest sister, um, definitely, you know, I mean, she she left the, the house at an early age. She was married at an early age. Um, but even prior to her being married, you know, there were certain rules and restrictions in place. And then, you know, progressively, you know. Um, it, my parents eased up and I'm the youngest of, of the daughters. So <laughs> I attended prom and, uh, and oh, they, lucky uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I attended prom with my, my current husband who wasn't, who was, who I wasn't engaged to at the time, which, uh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think, you know, just, just seeing how, how little they were allowed to do. And, and, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, I was allowed to do so much, but the reality is it really wasn't, it wasn't that, that huge of a change, but, but it definitely, there definitely was um, progress, you know, along the way, of course. Right. It was, it was very difficult, especially for firstborns because most often firstborns are parentified. And then went on top of it, coming from a very traditional culture and then, um, the parents, most of the, the most of that generation had just been in this country. We're talking back in the seventies, 
for a very short period of time. So they really were a close knit community and didn't know how to step out into um, a different environment. I agree. Yeah. You know, um, being first generation, I think, you know, and, and coming from such a huge family. So there are some individuals that, you know, come from smaller families, but I have somewhere is up around like 30 some odd first cousins. Right. So my parents' you know, opinion was you, you don't need friends. You have cousins. Right? <laughs> yeah. What are yeah. friends? No, 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 yeah. no. You can't trust them. They're, no, 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 no. They, no, nope, nope. Yeah. I think we're all told the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Lena, you're one of four, four correct? Yeah. Yep. How was it like in your home? I don't know. So- my sisters, my siblings, I'm just going to jump in. I, I, my sis, my sisters are, um, we're all like about two years apart from each other. So I'm six years, uh, there's six years age difference, six, six year age difference between myself and my eldest sister. And, um, and my brother is just a, a year younger than me. So, you know, the one, one part of it was the fact that we're first generation and we had all these traditions. And the other part of it is that we were women being raised in this, in this traditional environment, because what I will tell you, you know, held true for me, didn't always hold true for, for my brother. Right. So I think there's that other element as well. Exactly. That's where I was going to go. I'm one of four. Uh, my brother is the oldest. Um, one of my sisters is seven years older. One is six years younger. Five, actually. Uh, so I'm the middle. So my brother it was the oldest. But like you said, Diana, rules don't apply to the male. Right? Because yeah. they were able to do pretty much whatever they wanted to do. But then when it came to the females, it was, you know, a strict environment. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. You couldn't go out. You, you know, you came home from school. You did your chores, did your homework. And that was pretty much it until you went back to school the next day and saw your friends. But my brother was the total opposite, was able to do whatever. Uh, however, my oldest was like a mother figure to us because she's a little older. Uh, so she was kind of in charge of the two younger sisters because my parents worked hard. Um so for her, I, I want to say it was probably the hardest. And then I came along and it was a little easier because as the years went on, obviously things change. But then again, I would, did not go to the prom either. Well, I actually <laughs> wasn't allowed to do any of that stuff. But as the years went on and lucky for my younger sister, she had two older sisters that, you know, went through a lot. And we're kind of fighting for her to be able to do more things than we were able to do because my parents didn't know any better. You know what I mean? Like they grew up a certain way. Exactly. Exactly. They knew what they knew and they thought that that was the, the right way of doing and handling things. And luckily for my younger sister, she had, you know, older siblings. She's at very successful, went to college, you know what I mean? Has a great job. And it was due to us being able to like push our parents to say, you know what? She needs to go to school. She needs to graduate. She needs to do these things. Cause for us, us, it was, you graduate high school, uh, you're supposed to be getting married, you know? And that's how it was back then. 
it's very different these days. And it's very different. Like us raising our children, like Diana said, is a completely different ballgame. Some traditions we had were amazing and they were great. And I still think they're amazing. But some of them were a little too hard. But we've been through it. We lived it and we were fine with it. Because, you know, you only know what you know. And sometimes, you know, people, ignorance is a bliss. And then sometimes like, well, you're making excuses. No. How do you fault someone for only knowing what they know? No, exactly. People assuming that people have resources and support and education. Back then at that time, we did not have that. Oh, no. If you take a step back and see how, like, our families migrated over. And and Lena, you... You were you're you migrated over as well. You were born, you were born in in. Um, so I was born here, but um, when I, I was six months old, when I moved back home, and I pretty much grew up there and came back when I was thirteen. Oh, okay, okay. Because I, I was thinking that you were born over there abroad, but um, I guess I mean when you think about it, when when they came over, I mean, this is, it's so impressive that they came with nothing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they came with, in some situations, their shirt on their back, and they right. supported one another coming over, right? I mean, that's something that, you know, we could most certainly applaud. And I think it's, 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 a, be- it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And, they, and they really wanted to stick together as we were all growing up, you know, attending mass. We would, after church, we would go from house to house and mm-hmm. friends and cousins. And I mean... You know, it's an amazing thing for our our families and for us. You know, we got to know so many, so many other Albanians, which is such a it's it's really, you know, something that I, I don't think I really appreciated at the time because it was like, oh come on, like why can't we just go home and, back then? You know, right? Yeah. Right. You know, right. Right. Exactly. And you think about like how they built up businesses and how they borrowed money from one another and bought buildings and you know, financed, you know, one another's businesses and, you know, all without even going to the bank, without even knowing how to read and write English. I mean, it's just, it's such, it's such an impressive thing when you look back at it. Um, and, and I feel like we've gained a lot of that ethic, like that work ethic um, in the things that we've done and, and the way that we apply ourselves in every day. Um, but I, I, I do wish that, there are certain things that would have been slightly different. I do wish that church would have been more of a a place to really go and pray and to learn about your religion versus having seen it as we saw it as a meat market growing up. <laughs> I would, you took the words right you out went of my dressed up. It, oh, it, it was, was like you were going to a wedding. To like, a wedding. Dolled up, head to toe. Yep. And then, and then you would know when a girl was ready for marriage, right? I know. You have like a, a debutante ball or anything like that. It's like, you're going to church now. We're going to bring you to funerals. That's that's how <laughs> you're going to be seen to society. Just like wild. So then I all know. of a sudden you didn't want to, you, you didn't want to go to church. <laughs> Someone's going to come over. You were afraid after you left that someone will be at the door waiting to come and ask for your yeah. hand in marriage or ask your parents, actually, not even you. Exactly. You need to start practicing, you know, bringing over the coffees. The coffee. So it's like, I'm not ready for church. Don't ask me to go. <laughs> I mean, we've evolved. It's wonderful. I mean, I grew up at the same time as both of you and I'm one of three. I'm the oldest of Mm-hmm. I do have to say my parents actually treated me equally. 
I have two brothers. So I didn't go out. They didn't go out either. I oh, wow. They ha oh, yes. It was, that's where my parents were so like, it's like, wow, how did they learn that? How did they, how did they know that? Because most people, it was not like that. Yeah. So my parents really did treat us equally. Now, once I got married, then my brothers who were still in high school, they could do whatever they wanted. That was like free reign now. But I remember my dad buying my first car and I was 17 years old, 16 going on 17. I was so nervous to drive that car. He bought it for me. I worked for him down in the, in the Bronx. And I didn't even want to drive because I was afraid that if somebody saw me, they would be like, oh, look at her young girl out. Because you know how back then that really wasn't appropriate to do. You just, right. you, you went to school. Even you though you home. were doing nothing I wrong. I was doing nothing wrong. To go help your father's business, right? But if they would have seen you somewhere, they would assume something different. And that's how the rumors started. That's and that's right. what you... I didn't like about back in the day. Yeah. But that's so unhealthy. They only knew what they knew. And what mattered so much to them, I mean, was number one was, is it, it still is today, was their family. But the other that was, I would say, the demise of so many relationships and the conflict and the disagreements was worrying so much about what other people thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That was so profound. It really, when you look at you look at it later in life, like where we are now, it's like can't even imagine how one worked. How did we really work through that, living like that for so many years? Right. I mean, that's what that's what social media is doing to our kids now, and I mean, even to to some people, you know, at our age, like that's kind of that that impact. I mean, we we grew up with it, and we saw we saw it firsthand before social media. And, and, you know, the constant comparison, the constant, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses um, mm -hmm. and, 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 and really, you know, always thinking you're not doing good enough because, right. because you're being compared to so many others and, you know, having to perform your best and, oh, I want them to talk about how, how, how great the family is. And you're like, but why don't we just focus on having a good time or <laughs> being good? Exactly. No, it, it is true that that pressure that was put on all of us of appearance, it was, it was extreme. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was extreme. Presentation was very big. And no matter at that time, when you spoke about people, you spoke about what they had, where they lived and how they dressed. Yeah, but you never and really what car the they person. drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But you learn. But we've what, come a long way. Absolutely. And we continue to do so. And one thing as, as a therapist is if I knew what I knew back then to oh. help m myself to un better understand me and then understand other people better. Because the way that we grew up and not having that knowledge, or I'm not even going to talk about support, but just the knowledge and the information of mental health, because now as an adult, or actually when I decided to go back to school and get into the mental health field is when my father passed away, because it was like everything just shattered, everything fell apart. And then I felt I fell apart because I didn't understand who I was. Why was I feeling this? And I just started to touch on things that I really never touched on before. 
-hmm. and knowing what I know today. And it's, it's not a fault for anyone because as I'll say it again, we only know what we know. It's unfortunate and it's sad, but if more people had awareness, they'd understand it. And there'd probably be better relationships amongst families and just the community itself. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I don't know about your parents. Women followed a certain role and you really didn't have a choice. You followed that role. And that right. was projected you, onto your kids. And then no yeah. different than what the fathers projected onto the kids. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm just thinking, I'm, I, I think about our parents a lot and like what it took for them to like come over and, and what that journey was like, and maybe the trauma that they sustained along the way as well, right? I can't even imagine. Yeah. And right. they were so young, Diana. Yeah, I'm try I think my mother left the house to go work for other families at the age of something like 10, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And, and she had, there were, she has nine siblings, so there were 10 of them all together. And each child was responsible for going to do something different, right? Supporting the family in one way or another. And, and some of the older siblings were married off. So it was her responsibility to go out and, and to make some money um, that she would send back to, to her family and that you know she would give to her father to bring back to the family. And mm -hmm. she talks about, and I can't even imagine this, you know, just growing up in these homes. Like she was growing up while she was caring for someone else's family. Like she had to learn like things that, that uh, young girls, young girls mm -hmm. learn at home, that their mothers have the, the opportunity to teach them as they're turning into young women, you know, like what are some of the things that are going to happen to your body? What are some of the things that, um, that you're going to need to be considering. Like all of those were learned through other people, through other families. So when you think about that, um, I, it's just, it's, it's, it really is wild. And, and our families came from, and, and Alina, correct me because I, I'm not as, as in tune with like exactly how, how your family was, but I know like they're country folk, right? So they're, they're from, they either were farmers or, they worked in in some small plants, but but really country, very simple lives. Um, and then they they come to New York, and some of them had to figure out whether or not they were staying in New York or they went to Michigan. In some situations, um, there was factory work out in Michigan. There were other types of opportunities here in New York, so they had to figure out very quickly where they wanted to stay. So thinking about all of that, and I just I look at my my 17 year old, and I'm gonna get ready to send her off to college. And I already have one that's away. And I'm anxious about that. And I can't <laughs> imagine someone so young to just be sent off to work. And the, you know, the anxiety that probably caused my, my grandmother along the way and how scared my mother was. Like those are things that of course sit with them. So then when they start to get these tangible items, they, they don't know how else to react. They just, they never had things, right? Their own. Right. And then these right. things become so precious to them. And then you have to teach them that it's not the things that matter. It's, it's so hard to even 
think about what they went through because the majority of them did come here when they were very young. Most of the women were married 16, 15. That, that yeah. was back in the day. Normal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even for our time, 18 was considered, it was a little bit later. 18 became somewhat 17, 18 became the norm, the new norm. That was the norm. Yeah. I got yeah. married at 22 and I was considered old. You were old. I was old. I was like, damn. And she found the husband too. I was <laughs> and a single it? husband, actually. No, a single <laughs> husband, not just a husband. Because <laughs> when you're too old, it was only someone old. And maybe that was divorced or their wife died or something. That's exactly. what you were good for. Yeah. But I'll never forget. This was this this was a funny thing, actually. Uh when we got engaged, my husband. Uh, had the party and get people over and they asked who is she and how old is she or whatever and he he, he explained and he said 20 I actually got engaged at 20 and got married at 22 so when I got engaged at 20 somebody had the nerve to say to him oh my god she's so old that probably was me Lena <laughs> it actually wasn't but I know exactly who it was but anyway it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter we're all good matter but my husband's reply was, yeah, because she said to him, you couldn't find somebody younger. And my husband's reply was, uh, I wanted a wife, not someone to babysit. So I'm good. <laughs> like, what? You want to raise a kid. I remember the first time and it took a while from actually for my mother to tell me someone came to ask, you know, to, for, for my hand in marriage. I was 14. My parents was like, oh, I'm sorry. You, there's nobody here for you. Not at 14. That, that that's insane to me. Like, it, I, like you said, for them, it was normal back then. But then for us that grew up here, pretty much, we're like, what is wrong with these people? Like, how, how does, how does, I don't know. And you uh, realize the why, right? So it's I was, the why. Exactly. I was married at 18, but like when you, you realize the why, like, why did that happen back then? And I think part of it was they wanted to create the the wife for their sons right like mm -hmm. they they wanted to mold and sculpt you before you were molded and sculpted and 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 had an opinion and had, that's right you, you know, could be yourself yeah mm -hmm. yeah because really you're still young at that age and you're still there's still so they much you still fun. kind of brainwash you right like <laughs> I don't know that I go that far. Not to that extreme. Come on. Sorry. Had to say it. <laughs> Listen, we all couldn't be old ladies when we got married. <laughs> Thank you for being part of the show today. This was the first unscripted episode with guests, and we went back in time and we talked about the challenges of being first generation Albanian women growing up in America. The show had no set direction, and it went where it needed to go and found that many of the experiences are relatable. We discussed culture, tradition, the challenges, and what it was like and still is like as one is finding their authentic self while trying to maintain parts of an appreciated culture. Please join us next week for part two as Diana and Lena continue to share their experiences, their challenges, breaking unhealthy cycles, and what, is, what it's like raising second-generation children. Thank you.